welcome once again to Matt and Brett Love Comics, the show where we take comics and talk comics with comics. Sometimes. Sometimes. This is one of your hosts, Matt. <laughs> oh, this is Brett. I totally forgot that was my part. You were like, oh, they, oh, wait, I have to be on stage right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, normally we do talk to other comedians and friends of ours, uh, but we are talking to a friend of ours today. That is not the exception, but he is not a comedian, but... Someone who actually works in comics. I just said that like I'm introducing someone on Sesame Street or something, yeah. right? <laughs> like, uh, we're talking to someone who works Come on, in kids. comics. When it does a comic book factory. Biff Bam Pow, kids. Oh, no, no. Oh, you Biff just. Biff Bam Pow, these aren't for you anymore. You just pointed <laughs> the sassiest finger at me. Because <laughs> I hate that headline. Anyway. I do too. I do too. Uh, Let's find out. No, but uh, joining, uh, joining us. <laughs> Joining us. Yet, joining us today is Mr. Joining D. White. Uh, Jordan White joining us today. How are you yes. doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. Of course. <laughs> we're, uh, we're really happy that you were able to do it. Um, Jordan, of course, works uh, in the editorial department at Marvel. Correct. You may have heard of them. They publish Comics Book. Comics Did book. I say it right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's how it works, right? They publish a lot of things that we've talked about. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the things that are on my wall. <laughs> yep, a lot of the things that are on your shelves. History, yeah. uh, a lot yeah. of the things that we almost exclusively discuss, Brett and I. Oh, yeah, personally, but not on the show. Personally, we try yeah. to keep it diverse in the show. I don't yeah, think we've yeah. done a Marvel book this year. No, we did Mutant Genesis with the Comic Club guys. We did. Yeah, I was, I was there for the, the filming of that. Yeah. Yes, you are a frequent uh, uh, audience member at Comic Book Club. Almost every time. And then whenever they uh, need a pinch guest, I will pop on the show as well. Yeah. Oh, those guys are great, though, <laughs> yeah, too, they're right? Like... They're a lot of fun to talk to, and they know their stuff. It's a cool service they provide. It's definitely one of those <laughs> service they provide. <laughs> It's definitely one of the benevolent of you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex, Pete, and Justin. It's cool. Like it's one of those only in New York things mm-hmm. where you yeah. see like a live comedy free show about comic books. Yeah, doesn't happen in Nashville. No, it does not. <laughs> it does not. But it's a it's a fun show. We of course encourage you to check that out. And uh, Jordan, you've been over at Marvel now for how long? Uh, nearly six years now. Getting close. And uh, how have you how have you found those six years? I. I mean, I love it. I Working on comics is a dream come true. I, I love comics. I read comics all the time. My life is overwhelmed with comics. And so when I came to New York City, we came to New York City mostly because I was like, I want to work in the comics industry, oh, wow. and it worked out. That's so. great. And now... And it was so easy. And it was just that listen, easy. <laughs> listen, if I tell the story... I mean, I don't want to get into it. It's not that exciting. But when I tell the story of getting a job at Marvel, it is just kind of like, uh, so I wanted to, and then I did... <laughs> like that's mostly the story. Like it just everything kind of came together perfectly. I started working at Marvel like within two months of moving to New York City. Wow! I mean, it, I, I started but it wasn't applying. An editorial, right? No, in editorial. Oh, wow! The job. I mean, I'm doing. I'm. A, uh, I have. Yeah, I worked my way up a bit, but uh, yeah, no, it's been kind of continuous. Who did you know? Nobody. You have like a half page origin story, yeah, Jordan. I mean, I did a bunch of stuff before that, and, okay. and hopefully, stuff that made me look appealing as well, a candidate. It must have. Stuff, I mean, because I haven't gotten yeah. any of those jobs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, I've applied. Uh, so, where uh, where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Connecticut. Yeah, uh, we're out in Connecticut. Uh, well, most of my life, I grew up in Naugatuck, which mm-hmm. is near Waterbury. Okay. Which is kind of near New Haven, if you if people are kind of zooming out further. Yeah, further yeah. <laughs> go macro, go macro, go macro. I've been, okay, I think I read, is Waterbury, I don't want to start dissing on Connecticut. It's not but, all perfect, No, so but that's fine. Is, but is, 
cheese. Is Waterbury the notorious the notorious part of Connecticut? I, me and my boyfriend had to go rent a car. We went to, I think, Waterbury, Connecticut, and the car rental was taking so long, so I decided to look it up on Wikipedia, and the Wikipedia page was like, this is the most government government corrupt city in wow. uh, America, right outside of Chicago, because all of, like, there's just, like, this list wow. of, like, wow. It's yeah. possible. I don't know. <laughs> like, it was, well, it used to be a big, uh, Big something manufacturing, like a big. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a lot of manufacturing, and it like all Nagatuck shut down. And... Is the is the, the town where they used to have a giant rubber factory, and oh. it's where it's what Nagahide is named after. Oh wow! Because they invented hey, Nagahide there. So that GI Joe who was named after Nagahide is <laughs> named after, <laughs> after my yes. basically my hometown, which is my my whole family has left there, so I don't really go there much anymore because apparently it became a big biker hangout. Okay. <laughs> oh. That yeah, I could yeah. The place we rented the car from was kind of sketchy. The Connecticut <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Not to dis on Connecticut, it seems nice. No, it is a nice. I mean, my, I mean, my mom still lives in Connecticut, just in a very different part of it. Okay. And, um, that's, but that's where I'm from originally, and then I moved to Binghamton, New York, to go to college, and I was there for like ten years. Not in undergrad, but in the yeah. town. <laughs> uh, SUNY Binghamton? Yep, yep. Yeah. That's where I went. Uh, did you go there, or you just know it? No, 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 I work for, um, I work for uh, UCB Torco, okay. and uh, we have a show going to SUNY Binghamton cool, cool. tomorrow. That's awesome. Actually, well, then tell Saturday. Binghamton I say hi. Yeah, I'll tell them. I'll tell <laughs> you, them all. Technically, you may, if you go there, and the entire time you're in Binghamton... Not that you have to do this, but if you go, if you listen while the whole time you're there to uh, WHRW Binghamton ninety point five FM, there's a very good chance you'll hear my voice. Really? Oh, wow. Yes, because I recorded a whole <laughs> lot of uh, that. That was the radio station. I did a whole bunch of stuff on. And did you do like the imaging for them and stuff? Or uh, I don't know what that means. Oh <laughs> so, no. <laughs> oh, so, so so that's like imaging is sort or of like the uh, you know uh, what was it WHRW? Yeah. You know yeah ninety point five WHRW. Well, we the hawk. It was it's. Ah! It's a, it's a free format radio station uh, that is part of the school, but it's open to the whole community as well. So there's non-students on it as well. And um, wh- while I was there on my show, my main thing was I did my own show, which was a radio theater show. So we wrote and created all these radio Ooh, serials and stuff. Nice. Um, wow. But in addition, a lot of people would just make station IDs. And we also did this really, really terrible improv thing, which is sometimes funny and sometimes awful, uh-huh. called This Day in History. And we did... Actually, 366 episodes of it. Great. Um, one for every day of the year, obviously. And the concept was, it would start with me going, uh, doing this British voice and being like, on this day, and, um, and I'll say a real fact of history. Mm-hmm. And before I had said that, though, we will have pre-decided some public service announcement that we need to get across in the enactment of that scene. <laughs> and some of them are the worst thing you've ever heard. <laughs> but some of them are very funny. And, and they still get played to this day. So that's a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, you, you you have to you have to take a chance mm-hmm. and fail to find the ones that work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So now you are, um, you're in the editorial on several different books right mm-hmm. now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the editor of Deadpool. I'm the editor of Thunderbolts, um, and then I, some miniseries, uh, Deadpool Illustrated, that's coming out right now. I'm, I'm yeah. working on a Wolverine Season 1 graphic novel that'll be out soon, and then some other projects that are not announced yet. And that's written by comedians. Yes. Ben Acker and Ben Black. Ben Acker and Ben yeah. Black. Of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, which I love so much. Did you that's have a, a hand show. in getting the... I have the entire hand in getting that. Jeez. <laughs> wow. I, that was amazing. That's one of the coolest things is that, yeah, I was able to just go, I love this show. Hey, I wonder if they want to write some comics. And they what? were like, yes. I'm going to say, <laughs> of all Marvel's characters, Wolverine is pretty up there. 
He's yep. definitely he's, a high, he's yeah. a high priority. And, and you think you want a comedian to write something, let's have him write Wolverine. No, yeah. not necessarily. Of course, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What but, how did that even? How did you sneak them? Was there a process of sneaking oh, them no, in? No, no, it, wasn't, it like, wasn't sneaking. It wasn't sneaking. Uh, they are. I mean, they're professional writers. Yeah. And all that. you know, they've done a lot of stuff. They've written for television. They've written movies. Um, so they have an impressive resume. Yeah. Beside, behind, yeah, yeah. yeah. Besides just doing the comedy stuff. I yeah. Guess. And I mean, to be fair, the, the movie that they wrote, Drones, is a, is a comedy, but it's super funny. Yeah. Uh, they wrote an episode of Supernatural, which uh, which I watched. I'm, it's the only episode of Supernatural I've ever seen, but I liked it a lot. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they're super talented guys. And they're not, I mean, they're writers first. They're, yeah, they yeah. write really funny stuff, but mm-hmm. that's because they're writers. And so they can write stuff that is not funny and as well as funny. Not, yeah. not Write things that are not funny. Can you do me a favor? Write something that's not funny. Yeah. Well, anyone can write something that's <laughs> not funny. Real easy. My well, no, mom it's... does. It's called her emails. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> what? Mom. Your mom's going to be so upset because she thinks her emails are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting thing, though, that you say that, too. A lot of times, um, casting directors and directors and stuff will say that, that comedians wind up pulling off... Um, they, well, sort of, I'm sorry, sort of the reverse where um, a lot of dramatic actors and stuff will try to come in and do comedy and try sure. to play it very hammy, you yeah. know, but comedians will play it straight because they understand yeah. that, like, the more realistic that you put a spin on the weirdness, right. yeah. the the more you sort of accentuate the weirdness itself. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, people who are, I mean, I think they're, they're among... Among a lot of the writers that I, I work with, and that they're super talented and are able to do a lot of different things, uh, I, I have to say, um, one of the most surprising, in a great way, because it's a wonderful surprise to me, was working on X Men stuff with Jason Aaron. I'm I, I, I'm the associate editor on a lot of the other X Men books, so Wolverine and X Men is one of them, and I was blown away when I started reading his scripts at how funny they were able to yeah, be really because funny. i i mean again i at that point i mostly knew him from punisher max yeah which is great i <laughs> yeah, love his punisher but, max. but that is not, not what but you it's expect not a like, joke book scalp not funny <laughs> exactly no. scalped which i had started reading shortly before that not funny and then even schism which is a real serious book most of the time yeah there's some parts of it that are so funny and endearing and touching and i was just like oh my god he, this is great he is he is insane in that way. Like, he's basically, he is five of the best writers all in one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yet, they all, like, I still feel like I can read Scalped and Wolverine and the X-Men and still tell that it's the same yeah. person, but just utilizing other ridiculously, like, toned muscles. Like, just sure, really, yeah. like, flex, like, tone, sinew. <laughs> Easy. Muscles. Easy now. Easy now. Brett's starting to sweat over here. Um, <laughs> I didn't know your fingers could move that way. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, he's, like, one of the writers I'm probably, I'll read anything he does. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, there, there are a, there are a few, yeah, free pass writers, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, Jordan, who are your free pass writers? Oh, gosh. A writer that you'll just see their name and you're, you're like, I'm on board. Uh, this is good. I mean, that's the thing that that uh, that kind of a list will usually encompass two things: a super talented writers, and b other writers that you might be embarrassed to put on that list. But you're like, too bad. No, no, that's <laughs> what we want. We want both of them. Yeah. Okay. No well, I, I won't necessarily uh, uh, no distinguish between them. But Jason Aaron is definitely one of them. Um, 
most of the time, Garth Ennis is that as well. Uh, I've, it's, it's more. I, I, I don't usually go. Oh, I'm not going to read this one, but sometimes I just miss them because he has so much stuff. Oh, well, yeah. of course, um, yeah. He he's impressive to me because well, because he's great. But uh, one of the things, like I for the most part. I'm not interested in war stories. Yeah. But if he writes them, they are amazing. Yeah. Like, if somebody, if you if you pitch me a story of, oh, you know, it's going to be a bunch of people in a war, I'm like, nah. Yeah. But then I read one that he writes, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe how good this is. Um, so he's up there. Uh, who else do I love? I mean, listen, I love Eric Larson so much that I love yeah. anything he does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all sorts of crazy, ridiculous things. I I read his Supreme that, that just ended. Uh that was oh, yeah. a blast. <laughs> Larson, Larson is 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 yeah. a wild man as a writer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he, he, we we reviewed the first yeah, few issues of Savage Dragon. Did. Yeah. yeah, did you like them? <laughs> uh, see, now I enjoyed them going all the way back to when they came out. Yeah, uh, me too. The, I read the them all back then. Rest of the people on that episode did not well, care for them as well. Much. It's the point of like our show is you know introducing people who either have read comics in a long time or never read them to these and get them getting a take. Like my take. Knowing a lot about like the image era and knowing a lot about like knowing a lot about Eric Larson, never having read Savage Dragon, I think I was able to read those issues and still be like, these are crazy, but I I I know the context of it and I still like found it enjoyable. Yeah, I have two questions about that. I'm sorry to rehash your last episode. No, no, let's let's do it. Um, (laughs) First of all, I saw that you read issue zero, which is a weird choice just because. That was not oh, yeah. part of the original thing. That yeah. was written like ten years later. Yeah, yeah literally. And yeah. not necessarily something you need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was weird. But but second of all, I don't I need to know the answer to this. Uh, the issues that you read, one, two, and three. Yeah. Yeah. Of were remaining. they in were they the original versions or they were they were revised versions? Oh, they were revised uh, versions? Now here's the, here's how you would be able to tell. Were they in chronological order or did they jump around in time like it was like like no, they the they jumped around like okay. the nineties. Yeah. See, now that's the thing. This yeah. is a, this is funny. The trade. If you buy the first Savage Dragon trade, what? he has cut them all back up and gone. This doesn't make sense. Oh, oh no! Really? We both, yes. We both I didn't know that at all. <laughs> so, if, and the trade of it. Oh, not man. only are they in order, there's actually more pages. He's like, let me fill in some of the gaps here. Like, it, it, it there's like an awesome special man, edition. No, it's just okay. called the first, It's just this first trade. It's every edition of it is like that. Um, but Jeez. it is much better. I feel like we should I do think. an addendum or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, sorry. I because one of the biggest problems we had was the fact that, like, it does not hold your hand. Miss, you're, no. you're here now. You're here now. We don't, and no. I was like, yeah. I can follow it, kind of. Yeah, if you, was... if you read the trade, page one, he's in a burning field. Page two, he went, he's in the oh, hospital. Man. He wakes up. They go, who are you? He goes, I don't know. Like, it's it's in oh. steps you right through it. Right up through the fight with Badrock. I, I did. We, yeah. <laughs> I think... We I mean did. bedrock. I can't remember which one he was called. No, he was bedrock uh, at the time. Bedrock yeah. at the I bet you in the trade though he's corrected <laughs> he's, to bedrock. Maybe he is. Yeah. Maybe he yeah. is. Man, okay, that's we should tell Siobhan and Jeff that. Yeah, <laughs> just, it is one of my favorite comics. It really is. I love that. Book. Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon's great. And watching watching Larson sort of develop as as a writer too across yeah. that series and sort of expand it into the more like it's very it's very much a product of the age. When it starts, right, mm-hmm. and and a lot oh, of it much so, is yeah. there's a lot of commentary and sort of not necessarily spoofing, but uh, well, I will say it is good that now in the trade the first page is him in the burning field because of the comics the first trade is Savage Dragon punching the shit out of a black guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, true. Which, yeah, he's got, he's, got, yeah. he's got his which sunglasses like, on. He's punching. Ooh, this yeah, is yeah. 1992, <laughs> and a cop is punching a black guy in your first page. It was three months the after the happen? L.A. riots. Yeah, so it was three months after. It's like that wow. makes a better first impression having yeah. that burning field. 
Well, it was That's cool reading the, awesome. the number zero issue because I think we all, however much we half shat upon the original miniseries, we all kind of agreed that the storytelling and art had oh definitely incredible. Like was in, like fifteen years later. He's oh yeah, a it's much he's more really of like a, a Kirby esque soap opera, and you yeah. watch y- y- the the book itself just keeps expanding totally, out that totally. way. I mean, yeah, it, it's gone through, I, I, again, I adore the book. It's gone through crazy cycles. And one of the things that's great about it is because it is 100% him uh, from start to finish, he writes it, he draws it every month. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he yeah. can do, well, every month, every, as often as it comes out. Yeah. Um, and he can do whatever he wants. That means sometimes he does stuff that doesn't work completely and sometimes he does stuff that totally works. But he does stuff that is insane and yeah. that you won't see anybody else do yeah. because they're like, no, I can't. That would ruin everything. And he's like, well, maybe it, maybe it won't. And he does. Yeah. Yeah. He do, he's done issues that he did. That he, I remember when he did a, a thing for a while where one of the issues was done entirely as like a comic strip. Huh? Uh, like in the Whoa. form of a like a like a Sunday comic. Yes, because Savage Dragon had gotten married and and uh, adopted this the woman he married's daughter. So it was like a family strip and, <laughs> and a little a little tiny red uh, alien invader from another dimension who wanted to kill him was living with them. And the do- the daughter thought he was a toy and adopted him. And that was like the format for one of the like whole issues oh, was this comic strip of okay. like it was uh, amazing. I gotta That's... find this. I gotta <laughs> yeah, read all these. That's now. Mr. Glum. So but then what, but then uh, this is one of the things. I always say about it. one of the things I love most about it is that all of this goofy crazy can I swear yeah, yeah. shit can happen yeah. all of this goofy crazy shit can happen right. and all of the crazy funny things that are just like off the wall ideas can happen but they all take place in the same world where yeah. things that are kind of serious are happening and then they'll they'll intersect with that serious stuff yeah like this character Mr. Glum is a joke Except then later he takes over the entire planet and kills a lot of people. Really? <laughs> like he really does. Okay, yeah, I, I need to. <laughs> I love that. I need to chase this down. Imagination Unchained. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. <laughs> I just amazing. got. Um, I got. A, I got a shipment from mycomicshop.com in. We should really like seek them out for sponsorship. Yeah, we talk about them a lot. We is that, that where you get? That's where from? I do back issues because oh, it's a great. It's, hey, it's a great like database. You can just go and make a wish list. It's yeah. like for a long time I never had X Universe number two. Which was the Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I only series. had the first issue, too. Yeah. Carlos and, Pacheco. Yeah. Oh, and it's really? like, yeah. when you go to a comic book store, how do you find X-Universe number two? Like, there were only two issues, yeah. so it's just going to be an X-Miscellaneous. I like this website. You can just type in X-Universe number two. There it is. Order. I have it now. Good. Anyway, I just got my shipment in, uh, and I had Phoenix the Untold Story from 1984, okay. where they where they colored and published the original Ending the Dark Phoenix saga. Um, wow. I, I've and, never seen that. That's great. Yeah, and it's um, like it was, they did three pages, um, and then they at the end of it they have like a round table. It sounds like they it's, they call like the Phoenix tapes, and they had Jim Salakrup and Jim Shooter and Louis Louis Simonson and John Byrne, uh, Terry Austin and Chris Claremont all talk about it. And then they just transcribed it. And it was really cool hearing about, like, the creative process. Like, that's similar cool. with, like, Eric Larson. He's like, I'm just going to do whatever. Like, that's kind of that weird freewheeling energy that, like, Claremont and Byrne had. And then they had to be like, well, you got to have to kill Jim Gray. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, it was just really... When, when, when creators are allowed to just do that, good things happen, I yeah. think. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes. 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 It's, Sometimes it... creators go crazy. <laughs> but that's, that's another thing. Yeah. Certainly. So, so in a and not we're not trying to make you tell tales out of no, school, no. but like in a situation like that, like because this is school. Yeah, we are all oh, in a so class in school. So, so when you're when you're working on something as an as an editor, have you ever found yourself in a place where you were like, oh man, this is too crazy? 
Or like, we need Which to, we need to good reel this too. in. Sure, sure. I mean... Uh, you didn't work it on Kenny X-Force, did you? Uh, a little. Because I feel like that is the book where they're like, this is too okay. crazy. Me, it me. all works, but that book was... You know what? Was... In, well, in the sense that actually Rick... I mean, I love Rick. Oh, yeah. He's a, great, he's a great guy to work with. He, he definitely is a guy who throws a million ideas out there. And sometimes you're like, can you do... 700,000 ideas instead of a million. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so that yeah. we can get the book a little more, so people can get it a little bit better. But uh, that, that was a terrific series. That was one. Oh, yeah. That was one that I really struggled with because I wasn't sure I would like it. Huh. Um, yeah. Because I, I wasn't. I it at first because oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, to be, to me, for me being, getting candid, I hated the iteration before. I, uh, I wasn't a fan. Mostly because I, 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 I most of the time like it when my superheroes are heroic. Yeah. Typically speaking. That's so fair. Yeah. The fact yeah. that it was mostly a book where I felt like it's just a book where they go and they kill people preemptively, like yeah. that seems not cool. Yeah. And so the fact that this one was kind of about that, I was like, oh no. But as I read it, I felt like it was about that in a much more legitimate way because yeah. it was about people going, is this right? Yes. Like really Ugh. wrestling with yeah. it and getting hurt by it. Yeah. I love so that. I like, yeah. like Deadpool became like this weird moral character mm-hmm. compared to the insanity that people that we regard as heroes, like Archangel and Psylocke, were doing. Like it was so good. Yeah. It's just like I mean, it's just like in a in a uh, in an improv scene or a sketch scene where if you you have the crazy thing of like we're killing people, the correct response to that is just treat it as truth. Mm-hmm. And what would yeah. really happen? And what in the volume before that was just like, well, these are all the characters with like pointy things, right? Let's put them all yeah, on the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's point them in yeah. this direction. And also, I have an obvious affinity for X Force, and I didn't like that my that the name was being treated that way. Usurped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was not the first time X Force's no, name had been I usurped. Made, it's true. I think I talked about this before on the podcast, but I did make X Force One Sixteen into a hat because I. Is it, which one is that? That's the first That's Milligan already, yeah. So you didn't like it? Well, I was... Oh, God, was I a junior in high school? Oh, my out? goodness, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was, was a junior in... in high school in the South, still very re- re- relatively conservative and Christian. So the fact that there was a like an X-Force comic book where... I think in that first issue, like there's like a hot tub sex scene. Mm-hmm. Or an, a hot tub implied sex scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure so it I think it was like a three-way or... Yeah, or, so for me, I was just like, yeah. this isn't what my comics are about. Mm-hmm. And I got mad and made it... Whoa, 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 well, I, I think uh, X-Force number one has a hot tub sex scene. Yes, it does. Well, has, so. has, has Domino. <laughs> yep. But it's Rob Liefeld, so... I couldn't tell what was happening. <laughs> the perspective um, of that bathtub. And also she was wearing she was wearing a bikini while in the bathtub. That's true. That's true. No did now do you like Ecstatics now or did you never read it? Yeah, I've it? gone back. Well, I, I haven't read the X Force iteration of it, but I did I did get Ecstatics Volume One and I okay. I liked it a lot. I love All Red now. Yeah, he's terrific. At the time I was real at the time I was really into like Carlos Pacheco sure, and Adam sure. Polina and all them, so I wasn't really that into that pop art style. But yeah, now, like I love that the most. So, um, so other other writers I, I always would check out uh, Alan Moore. Uh, that's kind of a gimme. Well, not everybody sure. likes him, I guess, but I, I mean, most people do. Well, then what's so you said that there might be some on the list that oh, gosh, would be. Like... I don't know. See, that's the thing. I, I'm. To, uh, I don't think anything is wrong with loving Eric Larson, but a lot of people don't agree with that. Sure, uh, sure. He rubs people in the wrong way sometimes. And also, some people just don't like Savage Dragon. So I think, in some ways, that's yeah. kind of like, okay, I love Eric Larson, just so you know. Um, I also adore Adam Warren. Everything he does, yeah. I, uh, I read. No matter what. I, I loved... Like, I... 
was a big manga guy, like, in the 90s. Sure. And when he did that, there was that Gen 13 spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, was it Magical Drama Queen Roxy? Well, oh, was there it was that, Grunge and then the before movie? it, <laughs> before it was, I think, Grunge the Movie, yeah, he did, like, two issues too, yeah. that was just, oh, so much, so much fun, mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I followed, like, I wound up picking up Dirty Pair. Yes. Because of this, I think... That fa- was the first thing of his I read. I love Yeah. So I think the first one I read was, like, Fatal But Fatal Not but Serious. Fatal But Not Serious, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With and the Dirty Pair convention. Yes! It was so <laughs> amazing. Yeah, and then he did, uh, he also did Live Wires mm-hmm. for Marvel. Which I, I adore. Well, he, he wrote it, and oh, okay. he yeah. drew some of it. Although, again, he's... Uh, works in a very strange way in that he, when he writes for other people, he mostly, uh, he writes and draws it as well. By yeah. which I mean he draws, like, the layouts, and they are amazing. Oh, wow. yeah. To which point you go, Adam, just just, just draw the rest of it. And he's like, oh, I don't <laughs> But now he's doing Empowered. Yes, adore at it. At Dark Horse. Adore it. Yeah. Um, that, okay, that's a... <laughs> Empowered is a wonderful series. I literally love everything about it. It's a little weird to recommend it because it is, it is something you cannot read on the train. <laughs> yes. I tried reading it on the train and I was like, I cannot read this where people can yeah. possibly look over I my shoulder. I was reading From Hell in the doctor's oh. office waiting oh, room. Oh, From Hell? That has some really graphic stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and that was only, I was only like in the first part, like the very, like, because like three pages in, there's like just sex, there's just like balls and dicks. And, mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm reading this. B's and D's, I y'all. Think, I think From Hell... No offense to the art, but it, it is drawn in a kind of a very sketchy style that you could yeah. probably get away with it a little easier because yeah. people would have to kind of really look and go, oh, I see, there's, yeah. On, on my <laughs> iPad, it, yeah. on my iPad oh, you on can really iPad. tell that it oh, looks okay. like pen. Like, it looks like oh, just nice. a ballpoint pen, like what I would do in the margins of, like, sketches I've written. Like it was just, so There's, like, a grittiness to, like, yeah. Eddie Campbell's art. It probably looks better printed because it, like, probably being on the paper might yeah, add a little more weight to it, mm-hmm. but just, like... White with like the pen, it looks kind of interesting, weird. I don't but know. have you read Empowered at all? No. It, do you know about it? No, I don't. Well, it, oh. it, here's okay. Let me let me try to pitch it to you and see if this works. I don't know if it will. <laughs> um, okay. It's okay. a book. The reason I, it has to be it's a little embarrassing is because, well, I, I will admit something about myself which isn't really embarrassing. I'm not interested in bondage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really? That's okay. not something I'm interested in. That's fine. Uh, well, put um, the straps away. Yeah. Sorry. That's fine. That's so now we got to rewrite the second half of this podcast. <laughs> Every housewife in America. The script is has now. been going so well so far. Fifty Shades um, of Grey. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I, it's not something I'm t- particularly interested in. But this is a book that has its origins in bondage comics because okay. Adam, bondage comics. being an wow. incredibly, incredibly talented artist uh, and drawing really attractive women. People will come up to him and say, "Hey, we will give you money to draw women." Oh yeah, tied up for us. Yep. Um, and so he got he was getting all these damsel in distress uh, commissions, and he said, "Well, what if I, instead of just drawing a picture, drew like a little short comic?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, whatever." Uh, and <laughs> so I, can I? It became. Can I comic. still masturbate <laughs> yeah. to it? I wasn't gonna go. Can there. I still <laughs> masturbate to it? That's the only thing going through their mind. Yeah, yeah, it, you can. And it became It'll this be a comic. story. And so this wow. is a story about this character named Empowered, who—that's uh, her superhero name—who has her power is she has a super suit that gives her all these tremendous abilities, but as it gets. Uh, destroyed. It gets shredded. As it gets shredded, she's fighting, yeah. she gets less powerful, and mm-hmm. it shreds really easily. 
yeah. and so it ends up being a book about a girl who gets tied up a lot and but the thing is it's really it's I mean again it's really well written it's super funny she's really insecure but yeah. in a very strong and realistic way and she ends up having this boyfriend who's really interesting and the be- yeah. best friend who's a a, a, a ninja who, who was ra- uh, who is a white girl ninja who has a Japanese name because her parents were like really into ninjutsu or something <laughs> like and she's an alcoholic and they have a, a, a an alien invader uh, trapped in a belt on their their table. Oh, that's right. It's an ongoing. It's an ongoing series of Sheesh. OGNs. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So it comes out like once a year, once a year okay. and a half, and there's something like seven or eight volumes at this yeah. point. They are there, and he draws them all in pencil only. Uh-huh. But he's amazing with a pencil. So there's yeah. this beautiful shading. Uh, it's all hand. He hand letters it himself. It is so funny. I think. Okay. And Again, and it, and it okay, starts out okay. as a bondage book, it, but then the, as it goes, it becomes more of a of a of an emotional drama. And then it also yeah. has really great superhero stuff in it too, even though it makes fun of superhero stuff at the same time. But yeah, it's, that's some of my favorite. And they deal too. they deal with the fact that mm-hmm. she gets tied up. A oh yeah, it's they not talk like about it. like it's yeah. clearly drawn gratuitously, but the, she's also like, I'm, I'm sick of this happening to me. I oh, don't yeah. want to feel this way oh, as a superhero. <laughs> this is, I don't, makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't want to be. For. Yeah, I don't want to be beholden. Yeah. Like she, oh, like she has a real problem at the very beginning with being rescued by her boyfriend because she doesn't want to. Like she doesn't want to feel beholden, in, you know. Much part like of her insecurity. Black Canary does in next week's episode, which we'll get to at the end of this. Oh, there you go. oh yeah, it's a teaser because we're recording these all out of order. Yes, <laughs> um, we're wildly out. Of I order. will read this after Nicole reads the first one and tells me what she thinks of it. No, it's better. Than <laughs> no, because if it's demeaning towards women, then I don't, I, I don't read think it. it is. I have no idea. I, I mean, I don't know for a fact. <laughs> It's one of those. It's 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 one of those ones that is very difficult because it it, you could say that it is, but it's it's doing it in sort of an acknowledging itself way, and it's like it's like we're not doing this. We're talking about this. I think that there's the there's man. Let's get into this deep issue. Sure. It's like there's a uh, you can like things, and if they're problematic, just it's it's not. You can like problematic things, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Like watching James, like James Bond movies from the '60s, sure. And it's like, okay, uh, what was it? James James Bond is just like, not now, honey. Man, talk at the pool. It's just like, go away, woman. Right. Well, there's even and there's like, even okay, that uh, yeah. there's that line in the novel, the Goldfinger novel. It's either Goldfinger or Doctor No, where he's talking about having like Ian Fleming is describing how oh. he enjoys sex and. He says that James Bond enjoys it with the sweet tang of rape. Yes, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You never heard that before? No, no you never heard that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad they yeah. haven't incorporated that. With Roger Moore era, they worked that in somewhere. No, no, I don't. I think haven't that. watched all. Well, of the them. difference there, though, being Sheesh. that that's kind of. I think we look at that and kind of go, "That oh, that's a product of its time." Whereas with this, it's much more of this is. It's about this thing. Yeah. So it's going to have that in it, but it, but I've, I see it on like like I know Comics Alliance pushes Empowered a lot, and they put yeah. it on their list of like things that are like That's cool. sexy but good. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. cool, yeah, um, yeah. Because there's also like there's also I mean a, my wife loves it too. She there's a, there's yeah. a tendency to also be like oh to to, to shame things because right. they are sexy, right. which is like well that's also that's another problem. That's another yeah. It's it's one of those you know like. Oh, that great article I think on Comics Alliance Andrew Wheeler did about the Chris Claremont's like feminist ex women mm-hmm. article, yeah. which was fantastic. Because, and I never even knew that he put in like an issue of like one of those X Men vignettes that he wrote 
for uh, classic uh, classic classics back in the day, and it was White Queen explaining like why she dresses the way yeah, she does, and it's like it makes total sense. A character like White Queen totally should wear that, that and I don't mind her cleavage. Now, <laughs> uh, I do mind like. <laughs> Scarlet Witch's new costume, which is like so much better than most every costume she's ever had, except it still has like the plunging neckline that no matter what, all artists still try and just like get like a little tiny bit of cleavage. Like even if it's like, man, you went out of your way because she is like three quarter turned and in the bottom of the panel, and you still yeah. had to do that little bit of booby line. Well, considering <laughs> considering that her uh, her costume in the mid nineties was oh, two she... pieces of silk. Yeah. Wrapped over her breasts, the Gamora uh, that style. was yeah, like like chained together with a belt, yeah, and that was it. Like I don't yeah. know how you would ever feel comfortable yeah, anywhere, yeah, for anything. Like I I wouldn't even feel like if I were a woman, I feel like I wouldn't even be comfortable getting out of the shower and putting that on just to walk around my house. <laughs> no, it's just impractical. It's completely um, impractical. But I I mean I I I like Dark Horse. I'll read it. I'll try. Yeah, it, it is a, it that. is a Dark Horse book. Yeah. 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 Dark Horse, Dark Horse has good stuff. I'm trying. I've well, they've been going through like a. Did you super, say Dork Horse? Dork Horse, Dork Horse has good stuff. Well, it's very good stuff. Uh, they, they've been fire. going through kind of like a superhero renaissance lately. Like really, like giving, like push. Like Ghost is really good. I haven't, I haven't checked that out. Uh, I was like, well, because like Kelly Sue DeConnick is now a writer that I'll buy anything she does. She's your, she's your free pass writer. Yeah, uh, and I was, and yeah, so I, because I'm like Avengers Assemble is great. Captain Marvel, it just gets, like, more amazing in every issue. These last four have been fantastic. Uh, and Ghost is really good. Like, character cool. I didn't even know about. I was like, I'll read that. Phil Noto on art? It yeah, can't, can't yeah. argue with that, guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Massive is really good. Also, I love the way Dark Horse, like, prints their comics. Their comics are, like, so substantial feeling. Like, they're, yeah. everything is, like... They have a heavier paper yeah, stock, really... and even the, co- uh, the the covers. Like, there's just a... Uh, it feels like I'm in a, in, a, in a Cadillac with the top down. It's so I, luxe. Yeah. What am I saying? Dark Horse, I know I read all of the, the Magnolia stuff, and I know I read the Buffy stuff, and I don't remember if I read anything else from them. What else? I mean, and, and Empowered, obviously. Oh, yeah. and Star Wars just started. Oh, I Brian picked up the Star first Wars. issue. I haven't read it yet. I is love... It good? I love it. He's, he's in love with it. It's, it is, seriously, it's just... It's their voices. It's okay. it is it. You can tell Brian would love Star Wars, and you can tell like I can. That's Carrie Fisher. Like that's that's Mark Hamill. And the coolest thing. I mean, not 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 to spoil because this is stuff that he said in interviews. Sure. But like in issue two, like there's Leia is just what you come in on Leia. It's like the audience has arrived in her scene just a little bit too early, and she's watching an Alderaan tour video, like one of those just like come see Alderaan things, and she just and like the look on her face. And then she starts her meeting. Like, she's like, okay, let's start the meeting. But it's like, oh, yeah, remember at the end of All New Hope when Luke's family was dead and Leia's planet got destroyed? Yeah. And we get to Empire Strikes Back three years later when they've all kind of processed it? Right, And right. this miniseries is taking place, and they're all, like, fragile, broken, emotionally, vo- like, just... Because the first movie ends with them all just smiling, getting medals, yeah. so you don't really think about yeah. all yeah. that they've lost. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that, yeah, and it's an it's a great ending. Too. Sorry, your planet is gone, <laughs> yeah. but here we put don't... this medal on. I still don't understand how she became a princess. Wasn't well, her dad was a senator, right? Senator Bail Organa, yeah, that his name. Yeah, that's also, but that's also well, okay. Is we're, this... we're, not, we're not supposed to complain about things. No, you can't. <laughs> no. I, well, I, I, that's just like uh, kind of bananas because you end up with uh, you got Obi Wan Kenobi is like, all right, my best friend 
his wife had two kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I better hide them. Let's give one to his relatives and let him keep the exact same name on his home planet. And then let's give yeah. one to somebody super famous who's in the public eye. Like, yeah. that's the best way to hide the two yeah. kids. That's what I loved. That's what I actually loved oh, about... Yeah. For me, what I loved about the original, like, like the episodes one through three... Wait, is that wait, 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 four through six? No, 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 no. What, what I love about episodes okay. one prequels, through three okay. Okay. is that they completely recast Obi-Wan as this guy who doesn't seem like he's that good at his job. <laughs> doesn't like, have it together. No. no, no, he's like, you know yeah. what, you know what, you guys said this kid's a bad idea? I'm going to train him anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and then like... And I'm not really going to do that good of a job. I'm just going to kind of yell at him a lot. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I know he's a risk, but I'm still just going to like ride him really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like... really mad. You know, showing up showing up at the clone factory, he's like, ah, oh, they're, they're cloning was, they're cloning people on this planet. When was the last and... time all of us in this room saw Attack of the Clones? Which one is that? Is that There's two or two. three? Well, boy, like 2003. Definitely in the theaters. I have not seen any of the prequels okay. since the theaters. When except did, maybe Phantom Menace. It was out in 02. Okay, and Revenge of the Sith came out in 05? Yeah. Okay, so I've seen it the most recent. I thought, surely, the way you were talking about oh, it was such no. authority, I was like, you've watched it recently. No, no, <laughs> I just stuff. remember no. all this stuff. Oh, wait, no. wait, maybe I watched it with, like, riff tracks at some point with someone. Ooh. I don't remember. I know I watched at least one of them with riff tracks. I can't remember which one, though. Uh, well, and I also, I did the um, the Red Letter Media, like, scene-by-scene takedown oh, of really? all of them. So I've, I guess I've seen it that recently. Um, wait. I, the thing is, uh, yeah, but uh, you're right. I, it doesn't make... Although, <laughs> wait, another thing that... Okay, well, we shouldn't be just bitching about Star Wars. We're, another thing, they, they, they bring him before the Jedi Council. They're like, we think he's going to bring balance to the Force. And I immediately go, okay, did you just say balance to the Force? Because by my reckoning, yeah. there are a million good guys yep. and one bad guy. Yeah. Balance to the Force means you all die. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> is balance true. to the Force. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Oh, yeah. That's what I... I mean, I remember, like, the prophecy was true. It just didn't mean what they thought it did. That's what like, I always no, thought. Yeah. No. Because he Why kills would you think it was towards Palpatine, means... Darth Vader, and then Obi-Wan and Yoda. Because they're sitting there going, it will bring balance to the Force. You know, like, tip it completely to one side. That's yeah. what it'll do. It'll make the good side win. That's balance, right? No, that's not balance. You know, it's just like when people... It's just like politics, you know? You're so blinded on one side, you can't see the other. Right, and they yeah. were so convinced that their side was right. But also, the dark side isn't right, is it? Yeah, well... I don't know. I do not believe... I 100 million percent do not believe that he knew any of this stuff when he wrote Star Wars no. number one. No. And I do still call it Star Wars. I'm so, like I know it's not what it's called now, but I still think it's Star, Star Wars number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Brian Wood series is fantastic. Is it it okay, does feel it. and it just it feels like super fresh. It feels like I've been very hesitant to get into any Star Wars comics because I know there's a lot going on. Right. Yeah. It has gone on for a long time. Sure. So this feels like all, like there's none of that baggage. It just feels like you that. just have yeah. to have watched A New Hope, and it just feels so like light and clean and slick and gr- like just like here it is. Enjoy it. Can I can I mention something really stupid? Um, there's this thing on the internet that you can download for free called Star Wars the Musical. Is it the one man guy the one guy? I don't know okay. what that means. Well, no, there's a, there's a guy who does like a one man Star no, Wars. No, no, no. Okay. This is this was a. <laughs> oh, he was like in the city, right? Oh, I think I, he was yeah, doing it off Broadway yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a, a like a. I mean, they didn't perform it. It was, but they recorded it with a full cast. Oh, um, yeah. And it's it's 
not a parody of Star Wars. It's much more like a parody of musicals. Yeah. It just uses Star Wars. and But they're like full-length, legit songs. Like, the biggest, longest number, except for, like, I think the climactic number, is the big showstopper of Do You Speak Bocce? <laughs> where they're just <laughs> interrogating the droids. Um, and oh. there's all these ridiculous songs, and they're kind of wonderful. But listening to that, and I had kind of listened to that a lot and adored it for some reason at one point in my life. Listening to that, like, really made me appreciate how simple and pure and wonderful yeah. that first movie is. Yeah. And the other thing it sold me on one gazillion million percent is Darth Vader was totally not his father at that point. And I was sitting there going, it's totally Obi-Wan. Come on. Oh, yeah. Like, it's gotta... Ha- I mean, maybe it's not... Even if it's not literally Obi-Wan, it's spiritually Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah. It, it does not matter I mean, if I was, Darth Vader is his dad in that first movie. It I'm like a quarter matter. of the way through that big making of Star Wars, like, hardcover book they put out, like, a while oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's um, nice looking. And it's, like, one of those, like, day-by-day... Like, here's how Star Wars was made type things. And it goes through every draft that he wrote. Like, they got their hands on every draft. Uh, And it'll be like... It's like, when when a new draft is written, it's, it's like this big page break or whatever. Like... New draft. Here is what happened, and here are all the here are all the things that were introduced. Down to like here is when this line of dialogue was first mentioned. Wow. Okay. Like here's the first mention of this, and I don't think I've gotten to anywhere where they're like, Darth Vader is definitely Luke's dad. That hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Also, it's also fun to know, and a lot of people don't. Well, at least in my experience, a lot of people don't know this because my father told me that. It's absolutely true. When Star Wars came out, it was not called A New Hope episode. Six. Oh yeah, it was just called Star Wars. Yeah, and a lot of people are like, "No, it was always that." And it's like, "No, no it wasn't." It, he was. They just put that movie out, going, "It's called Star Wars. It's one movie. Nobody's ever gonna." Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So wait. Do you know the answer to this? Here's. This is the one that's puzzled me recently. Why does George Lucas own Star Wars? And it, oh, um, oh, because Fox put it out. So I was like, "Why don't they own it? Why does he?" There's own it? there. Well, I know there is weird shit with with A New Hope. Uh, because even when when, they, when Disney bought Star Wars, oh, like you know what? Fox, yes, Fox still owns the the rights to A New Hope. They still yeah. own A New Hope. So here's what. So part of it was the deal. That I I think this is what happened. I think that it was a deal that he restructured after, like before Empire. Okay, right? Yeah. Which is why there are things like the Star Wars Christmas special. Which came out between the two, yeah. uh, and Ideas. there was a bunch of other. Oh, like yeah. that was their their idea, is what you're saying? So like he had nothing so, to do with that. Yeah, he didn't have complete control of the franchise yeah. at that point, right? Sure. And I think because it was such a smash hit, he was able to like renegotiate control of it back more towards himself. That seems crazy. I feel like that could never happen. Never now. happen today. Yeah. No, they, they just would just boot go. You no, off and, we, we own it forever. That's what you yeah. said. So come on, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, but um, <laughs> like like that's how that came out. And there was that unlicensed or like that. There was that album. Oh, of music that the, is all the holiday special music or the Christmas album, the Star Wars Christmas. It's, it's album. a Christmas album that isn't yeah. listed as a Star Wars Christmas, Christmas in album. the stars. Christmas in the stars. Yes. Oh you sent it God. to me. Yes, and I listened to it once, and I'll, this is the worst thing ever. Wow. You guys, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas if he already has a comb? Yes. Oh. You know who sings backup on one of those songs in his very first recorded Hold piece on. of music? Let, let me get this bed of roses for you. Oh! That's right. Be, I'm living on a prayer. No. <laughs> how many How many can you get in before you uh, say it? I don't know. Do you even want some more water because our vocal cords are slippery when wet? Nope, nope. Just say it now. <laughs> John Bon Jovi. Wow. No, I never would have guessed like that. Like an 18, crazy. like a young John Bon Jovi. I was, uh, uh, I was at a party over the weekend where someone was singing along to 
um, Wanted Dead or Alive, and the cover for Slippery When Wet was on the TV as they were singing along, and my favorite part of that cover, I realized, is that it... If you look at it at the right angle, it could say "suppery when wet." <laughs> like everyone's just really hungry when they get out of the pool. <laughs> uh, but like they were saying, like, "Oh yeah, we might get those awesome new original movies on Blu-ray." Like the thing that we've always it's gonna wanted. Happen. It but has. But they're like, happen. the only thing is, is they don't own a New Hope. Like Fox still has all rights for distribution wow. of a New Hope. Hmm. Um, but like, there's so much money to be made there. They will 100 percent reach some sort of deal. I'm sure they must. Because yeah. well, here's the thing. It's like a license to print like, money. Yeah, exactly. You guys, here's here's a half theory that I have. Hugh Jackman's going to be digitally inserted into. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. He's good. Yeah, here's it. the yeah, thing. <laughs> the other and and I I don't know. This is this is based on nothing, and this is all pie in the sky imaginary. Uh, this is my new hope. Is that uh, is that Fox owns the rights to New Hope, right? Disney has the rights to the rest of Star Wars. Disney also has the rights to all of the Marvel movies, except for the ones that Fox controls, like oh. the X Men franchise and Fantastic. Where are you going with this? Because what because I'm saying it, because is, it seems like the trades would only go one way. Like yeah. what? what I'm saying is, if yeah. they're able to reach a deal, oh 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 oh. On a new hope, then they can make deals. Then why couldn't there be deals for the other stuff? And they're already talking about how like, like Sony's allowing for like what like Oscorp like logos to pop up in the background of other films. Has it yet? I I, I don't think it has yet. Articles about that. I don't. There I don't is, know anything about that. I yeah, not. I don't know. That's old white. Guy, that's old white guys screaming at each other in, in ten thousand dollar suits. Uh, <clears throat> that, that could be fun, though. I, I am excited, though. Like I, there was. I mean, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast yet on this episode, but there was. There is an attitude amongst comic fans about movie or like books mattering and not mattering. Mm-hmm, sure. Like, sure. And so in my head, like Marvel has been firing on all cylinders with their films. Like everyone's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in my head, like the Fox properties, kind of like don't matter. Like I don't get as excited for them. Sure. As I do about the Marvel ones, because Fox has been all over the place with their quality. Uh, but now, like seeing that Spider-Man set photo of his new costume that actually looks like a Spider-Man costume. Yeah, I like the new costume. It looks really good. And also everything happening with Days of Future Past has me flipping out. Oh yeah. Like I, Avengers I, level I excitement. High hopes for that. I got high hopes for that. So now I'm like, oh, I, I'm excited about them. That's me. <clears throat> that's my life. That's what I do every day. Way to, way to like, non-sell how excited you are. I mean, are. I'm, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm, I'm... My theory is true, though. Again. Are you more excited for Spider-Man, Days of Future Past, or the new Marvel movies? See... <laughs> no, see, like, okay. This yeah, is the wheels are turning. Because, like, all I need... X-Men Days of Past, Days of Future Past, can overtake the Marvel movies. If they just like, I don't know, give me something. Like, one, one, like, <laughs> just give me some more to work with. You're doing so well. I'll like. Uh, they're not like they will cast James Marsden and Famke Jansen. 100. percent They're gonna be in that movie. I can. Yeah. I, I know they like. They will, but they're not gonna tell us because those are the only like that. That'll be the Thanos. That will be the because my theory was correct. Of Brian Singer has said, yeah, I'm using Days of Future Past to correct X Men Last Stand. He just said that last week. That theory awesome. that I had. Yeah. Yes. 
Oh, so wait, wait. Are you saying that the time that it will intersect with the the other movies will be before that movie? Which like movie? Und- before X Men Three? No, I think my theory, the theory I wrote a big article about this because oh, I'm, I'm a crazy see. conspiracy theorist, like that movie Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts, right? Familiar yes, I don't know. Um, my theory is uh, in original Days of Future Past, it is 2014 X Men. Like in the post-apocalyptic concentration camps, going back to 1980. Actually, it's 2013. 20 is it? Yes. I, I always I always assume that it's one of those like Back to the Future things. It's 2013 because it's 50 years after the X Men <clears throat> started. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh, we're all old. Um, I don't even know why I said that. Except that now it's now. I was yeah. reading an article. I was reading an article <laughs> yeah. today about that, saying that when you know that was 83, right? That it was yeah, published yeah. and it. The X Men were only a twenty-year-old property at right. that point, and yeah. now they're a fifty-year-old property. Which um, is... So I think, like, if you map it to 1973 movie cast, that's when the sequel is set. Is the 1980 X Men of the comics? Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and then mapping that to post Last Stand and the the like uh, 2013 X Men in the comics. So we're gonna have. I, my assumption is it'll be. Mystique will be traveling from post last stand to. Oh, is, is she past. in the movie too? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is in it. No, I mean, um, but Rebecca Romaine, I don't know. She that's right. They haven't been cast. But I feel like I, I, th- I, my assumption would be Jennifer Lawrence is going to be the Kitty Pride role that Kitty Pride plays in the original Days of Future Past. Oh, 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 oh. It's so hard talking going between yeah, comics yeah, yeah, and movies yeah, yeah. because Jennifer Lawrence. See, is do you really think? An see, that's the thing. I now. sort of feel like. <clears throat> We were talking about this in the office the other day, actually. Uh, I sort of feel like I don't, I don't really care if they base any of the movies on comics directly anymore. No, because I don't they either. don't usually. No. So, so I almost feel like they're just going to call it Days of Future Past, and it's going to involve the past and the future. I don't know that it's going to be anything like the comic, other than that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that I think that the general the the general thing of a character from the future traveling to the past to avert an apocalypse, uh, a horrible incident, sure. is going to be the crux of the movie. I think the horrible incident is going to be everything that happened in Last Stand. Okay, because Last Stand ruined the franchise. Totally. Like I can't. I don't know how Fox let them do that. I guess at that well, time they were really keen on trilogies and didn't know the they could rumor just keep was, mil- milking it. Right? I mean, I thought the thing was that they wanted to do it really fast, and that's why he left. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's so, that script yeah. was that script was literally they those those two guys uh, wrote that in a hotel room in a week, <laughs> I think. So they Believe brought it. in somebody who had done stuff that were marked rush, and they mm-hmm. they figured uh, yeah 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 rush they were hour, like, rush movies yeah yeah it? we're good. <laughs> But that's but that that's that's a legitimate thing. Like they they blew through that script as quickly as possible. Uh, yeah. I, have, I have a friend that does script coverage mm-hmm. in L.A. Hi, Mike. And um, he was doing that at the time for. Oh, it doesn't matter which studio, but he read it like a <laughs> Don't year. Don't get him in trouble. Come on. <laughs> he read it. He read it before they started shooting, and he was like, "Dude, it is." terrible there's no way that this is going to make it to the screen it's that bad and then and then it did and i was like okay so how did that differ from the script he was like that was it man (laughs) that was i can't believe they did Uh, so like like when Uh, i see you got the the special edition dvd though my mom got that for me (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) that's my mom's (laughs) that's my mom's copy of x3 but you'll see that i only own the good x-men movies on blu-ray yeah okay i see that Uh, x-men origins wolverine was five bucks at target and that movie 
I can't decide which one offends me more. Like X Men Origins Wolverine is just hilarious to me. Like X Men Last Stand is yeah, just like it was. It was. It was a bummer. Again, I mean, as a at the time, I was just a big Deadpool fan rather than a, a Deadpool oh, editor. But as yeah, a, yeah. And it, and rather than the dead editor. Yeah, well, there you go. It, and it's <laughs> please tell me because your cards say that. I, they don't because I don't have cards. But oh, sorry, <laughs> training cards. Uh, yes, my training card says that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, uh, it, it's like one of those twisted things because you go if somebody says to you, "Hey, we're casting Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool," it's like, yeah, yeah. I can see that. No, sure. I mean, that's yeah. interesting because it's weird because he's good looking and he's going to be in a mask or horrible looking. But all right, sure, yeah, yeah that's cool. And then they go, yeah, but we're not going to let him talk. Yeah, and throw his mouth shut and, and we're give him a whole bunch of powers that are giant sword arms. What do you think? What? Yeah, that just yeah. felt like a complete misunderstanding of the character itself. It's like, like Spider-Man turn off the dark level crazy. Yes, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Or or uh, or yeah, like just it, 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 it smacks as one of those things where somebody was just like, I insist that this happened at the end of the movie. And he's like, well, that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, was your bad? Yeah, I want to see a giant spider. Exactly. Yeah. Giant spider spider spider. Yeah. I want to see a giant spider. But also, so like the Wolverine, I'm on board for. Oh, Every sure. news I've heard about it looks good. Because you know yeah. what? That's part of it is because also Hugh Jackman is awesome. Yeah. That movie is not good, but he's still awesome. Yeah. And if and yeah. I'm willing to give him that yeah. shot. I like Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I, I like Hugh Jackman and I like that he seems he's never seemed like someone who is disaffected by his job. No. Like he's always seemed like genuinely interested in the projects that he works on mm-hmm. and it and is like happy to talk about them. Sure. You know? Yeah. Did you ever see um well, I recently watched. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Dan Harmon. And, oh yeah. Uh, the, I, I learned recently that he won the Emmy. He won is for co-writing the song at the beginning of uh, Hugh Jackman's Oscars. Oh, and oh I was yeah. like, really? Yeah. And yeah, so I went back story. and I watched it, and yeah. it's hilarious. And he sings about being Wolverine in it, and it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and I was just like, that's so charming. Yeah, apparently he wrote Dan that Harmon with uh, uh, Ben Schwartz, who is John Ralphio in Parks and Recreation. Oh, he's also super funny. Yeah. I, yes. and on uh, House of Lies, which I yeah. like a lot as well. Yeah, and uh, Rob Schraub was on that probably too, right? I think okay. I think he may yeah. have. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, and it was the 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 gimmick or the joke was that the Oscars had no money for a yeah the big cardboard <laughs> the big cardboard Oscars <laughs> they that came down right yeah. they had no money for a, a song and so Hugh Jackman put it on himself See? yeah it that's was adorable. charming and delightful and no one can get mad at it <laughs> yeah Seth MacFarlane <laughs> oh boy your feelings yeah. you know I actually so, I, I I oh boy I have not watched the Oscars in three years the last to. three years I followed it to. on tweets yeah. I read the yeah. Twitter good. and I went that's good enough. So, yeah. I watch a good movie or a terrible movie that I yeah. feel like watching while yeah. other people tell me. Well, I happened. wanted to bring up your Twitter feed. Oh, please! Because you have a great Twitter oh, feed. Oh, that's really nice of you. You all, you well, you're always you live tweet a bunch of movies, and it's always it's always like interesting movies. Okay, or not like not like oh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know how. I'm trying to even think of like an example. You don't tweet like the Oscar movies and like people are like no, I want I want to hold off on that. So, I, like, I people, do a lot of horror movies. Yeah, so honest. people can follow you without being fear of like don't spoil how Argo ends for me. I no, I'm know. usually that watching. That is a movie. Yes. Yeah, that's a movie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I usually am. I mean, I do watch movies in the theaters, but I don't Twitter them. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, we're not. We're, all of us aren't animals. I watch a lot of. I watch a lot of horror movies. I especially have a friend who who is a big horror movie fan, but hadn't seen what I call the like modern classics of horror so she hadn't seen any of 
Nightmare on Elm Street, hadn't seen Friday the 13th. So we ended up okay. watching through all of those together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I twittered a lot of those things. Yeah. Because they're fun and they're stupid, but I also like to overthink them. Oh, every, yeah. see, everything deserves a level of scrutiny, I feel. I, I Like, you were doing that with my Bloody Valentine. I just was, yeah. and I enjoyed that <laughs> a lot. It. Did you watch that movie? Oh, uh, I saw that. Oh, the original? The original. No. The original. Uh, listen, not very good, so I don't recommend okay. it. But, um, <laughs> Uh, but first, but it has a dude who looks almost exactly like me. Yeah, uh, which was real weird. And did he, get uh, he did get murdered. I was going to tweet you, like, man, just I'm no. I I, 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 Instagram stills from the movie and, oh. and, and of him dead as well. Um, I can show you later. Um, oh man! But I decided that the movie was about uh, <laughs> because the plot of the movie is. They, people are working a mine, and a long time ago on Valentine's Day, some stupid thing happened where a miner <laughs> went crazy on Valentine's Day and killed a bunch of people on Valentine's Day, and now he has said that they can't have any Valentine's Day parties in this town or he will kill them. And so they have not had one for many, many years, but now the kids are like, screw that, we want a Valentine's party. And they're having kids. one anyway. Well, they're not even kids, they're like older teens yeah, to like 20 somethings because yeah. they're hanging out in the mine and they're, they're working in the mine and then going drinking and partying so I guess they're like <laughs> young 20 somethings who are like no we're going to have a Valentine's party anyway and then he comes back and he starts killing them or or does he um, Valentine's parties aren't a thing no, <laughs> no. no. Uh, certainly not a town wide concern yeah, no. well I mean I guess if you're told this town isn't having Valentine's Day parties you're always going to be thinking about it <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Not to it's your because they're elephant. all like this is stupid so and, and so then I decided what it was really about was like the the idea of like the working class uh, uh, having its own mythology designed to like keep it down and like ha! keep it from like I don't know if that's true but I was just like because I like it. my yeah. feeling is that good horror movies are always going to be tapping into something yeah, yeah yeah or even if they're not good like eh horror movies they mm-hmm. should be tapping into something yeah that is like central to people and it wasn't a very good movie, so whatever. I don't really recommend it. Well, the see, most we, fun I had was going, that's me, and then the rest <laughs> of it. <laughs> well, we, I'm, I'm a big fan of movies that are so bad they're good. I did uh, watch the, the 3D one. Oh, yeah? In the, the theater. Uh, uh, did you get your axe kicked? <laughs> that? It was a good time. Oh, I sure. Was, it was 3D. That Again, that one was way more gratuitous. Uh, there was no nudity in this movie. Yeah. That one had Good for all ages. A, Good for all ages. A, well, no. <laughs> but that one had a an entire scene where a woman was naked like the whole time where she was getting hunted down and killed by a dude totally nude. In 3D. Of course. 3D. In 3D. So it's like, it depends, if you want more gratuitous nudity, go with the modern one. Yeah. That's um there's a there's a theater in Williamsburg called the Spectacle Theater. Oh, okay. That I love so much. Um it is uh these guys would what I think happened is these guys just like bought a bodega. Uh they put newspaper up in the front windows. Uh they gutted it. They put a screen up and like 30 theater seats. It's okay. just this tiny little wow. place. Uh and like even the even the box office is like I think built out of plywood. It, nice. And and they charge like five bucks for movies, and they play all this weird stuff. And like, I went over there to see um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, or no, the I saw original? that at the Nighthawk. Okay. I saw that at the Nighthawk, <laughs> the original, yes. Um, but they also play like like I saw uh, uh, Little Black Devil Doll from Hell there, which is this movie that was shot on VHS, all on VHS in like the late '80s, early '90s, and it's just crazy like weird stuff like that that they play and and that's the sort of stuff that that uh yeah, fun stuff. Is, is right in that wheelhouse yeah yeah um you know like, like again like si- uh, silent night deadly night with the first I've one which that one. oh man has this amazing song in it uh and it's like a full like 80s 
like rock pop song where the uh, the chorus goes, it's always Christmas on the warm side of the door. What? what yes. That, what is that? So because fuck you, homeless, homeless people. Yeah, exactly. Homeless people don't have a good Christmas. Yeah, uh, I think that. Oh man, I should oh. look that song up and do a Christmas cover of it because yeah. it's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only I think oh. there's only like part of it available on YouTube, but. Uh, but the movie I think just came out on like the, uh, on like there was like a re-release recently oh, was it? Okay. with that and the second one. Okay. The second one, of course, famous for the uh, for the part where the guy walks out of the house, picks up the garbage can, throws it, and screams, "Garbage day!" <laughs> the second movie is comprised of I think over fifty percent footage from the first movie. No. Why? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cause it, well, I guess. Wait, does it, reason. It's <laughs> like those two movies are are hilarious. No, I do. I, I love. Sometimes I love watching bad horror movies. I mean, again, I adore all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, even though some of them are just yeah. awful. Yeah. I I like The Room and Birdemic. See, those I've are never my seen of either of those, yes. but I I mean, I've heard good bad things. Yes. Bad, uh, good things. Whatever. The Room oh. is. The Room is. Maybe the best bad movie, one of them. Like it's it's incredibly watchable and it's incredibly rewatchable. Really, oh, Birdemic yeah. is a chore alone. See, you know, oh yeah, you can't watch that movie. Alone. I made the mistake of like one Sunday morning and just like putting it on. I was like, this is awful. And then like that night, people came over and then we watched it, and I was like, okay. oh, this is hilarious. Yeah. Now. I wanted to go see the riff, the riff tracks live version of it, but I, yeah. I missed it unfortunately. It's probably great. Do you guys, you, you guys know like the story about Sun, uh, him going to Sundance? Oh, the guy from uh, Dynamic? Uh, James uh, yeah. James yeah. Wen, the uh, the writer, like the writer director, the mastermind. He, yeah, the mastermind. The mastermind. <laughs> uh, so he, you know, he put the movie together and then submitted it to Sundance, and it didn't get in. Sure. So he I went. Why. <laughs> he See, went. Think, the room politics. has the room has competent sound. <laughs> like the room what? has oh, competent sure. sound. Okay. Birdemic literally has like background noise oh, okay. that's just like cutting off. Well, there's a reason oh. for the room too. And if you ever go on the, I don't even know if it's still there, but like, first time I saw the room was like f- maybe four years ago, and at the time the IMDb page there was one of the crew members had, like, a post on the message board for the movie and was oh. like, listen, I was part of the crew that Tommy Wiseau hired. It was a mess. He had no clue what he was doing. We were all, like, we were just hired guns, and we would sit around while he would try to figure out how he would do stuff, and we were like, we all knew that this was, like, the worst assignment we ever had, and we <laughs> thought it was hilarious. That's great. Birdemic, okay, this, guy goes to, this guy goes to Sundance and pastes a bunch of fake, like, birds... On a, uh, I think he rent. I don't think he, maybe he didn't rent it, but he's in this car, right? Yeah. And uh, no, he couldn't have. He bought it. He bought the car. Pastes all these birds on it. Uh, puts speakers on the top, and paints on the side of the uh, side of the car. Why did the eagles and vultures attacked? <laughs> and then the website for the movie, and just like drove around during Sundance, which is how people found out about this film. Oh my goodness! Because people were like, "It worked." What is this? And then they went and watched it, and were like, oh. "What?" And that's sort of yeah. how the legend wow. spread. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Was it eagles and vultures or birds and vultures attack? I don't know, but it, well, it's all yeah. it's all types of. Them. They're all birds. Yeah, yeah. And it's all, but they all attacked. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, I okay. think we're about ready to. Wind things down oh, in okay. this classroom, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so let's uh, let's let's lower let's lower the lights. Put on the berry. 
In the classroom? Yeah. This what is kind of teacher are you? Lessons of love. Oh, jeez. Oh, gosh. Um, what oh, do you... Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, Professor LeBeau's uh, sex ed class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From the... Uh, Wait, does Jason Aaron write all, those, all the curriculum stuff? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Love those love those guidebooks. <clears throat> like, the, yeah, the curriculum. Funny, yeah. Laughing, I was laughing out loud. I remember like the first couple issues, like flipping to the back matter and seeing those. And oh the man! Best. Although yeah, he he. So, I mean, we've done a bunch of the back matter stuff for different things. He wrote the the ones for for the Wolverine and X Men. I got to write the article in the back of Uncanny X Men number one, the anti mutant article, which I thought oh. that was a lot of fun to do. I oh, that. awesome! I think yeah. in, our, in our first episode, I like raved about it. I think. Yeah, oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. Our very first episode, episode one. Wait. Oh wait, no. If you're talking about. Kieran Gillen's Uncanny X Men number one. Oh, oh, wait, the most recent one. I'm talking about yeah, the the, the Brian Bendis one. There's an oh, article. No, I didn't rave about that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so, Jesus! I didn't want to. I didn't want to. <laughs> he was talking about the Stan Lee. No, Kirby. Yeah, you're, no he, oh yeah, the Stan Lee. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. The Kieran Gillen one was the, his letter to humanity, which that was Kieran wrote. Okay, yeah. absolutely, that was terrific. Kieran got your back. He's yeah. he's a great writer yeah. as well. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, in the in the Brian Bendis one that we just put out, the, uh, the la- right after it, there's an article. It was in what is it? What do we call it? Frontline Weekly or something? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was it, it was like an article about the X Men, except it was just clearly written by somebody who thought mutants were a dangerous threat. That's such a cool like That's job. Awesome. Like yeah. perk or like cool thing. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun to do. It was a lot of fun to do. I want to. I I see. Okay, this is my dream, and I'm, I can say it here because I don't think it's actually going to happen. Um, sometimes we have, <laughs> as you know, like we'll have like sometimes like some celebrities will come in yeah, yeah. and they'll record like AR videos and stuff like that. I think it would be amazing if celebrities would come in and we go, can you do an AR video where you're just talking about how mutants are dangerous and they need to be stopped? Because I, that would be, <laughs> yeah, if it yes. was real, that would yeah. be, they would have to like be like, mutants really are, you know, I just don't know how I feel about them. They could kill your children. And oh, like, so like that, like get someone in that's like, no, no, Jameson's right. Spider-Man's a menace. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Guy left <laughs> webs all over my car. That would be great. Like that's that. terrific stuff, but nobody wants to be the heel. You know what I mean? Nobody no, wants to... oh, man. I don't listen. I don't yeah. know that that's true. It's not like I've asked celebrities. Oh. Like, you guys are going to be like, oh, that person appeared in a book, but they didn't say bad things about me and said yeah. jerk. That's not true. Comedians oh, will say yes. I think they yeah. might. They yeah. might. Oh yeah. Um, they don't do anything. They don't really care. <laughs> so if we're winding down, should I like plug stuff? Yeah, plug. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, no, this is this um, is the plug section of the you, show. You mentioned my my Twitter. Uh, I got onto Twitter before there was a big rush of Marvel people getting onto Twitter. Yeah. So most people at Marvel have like a very simple handle of their name. Yep. I do not have that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have your comic book character, right? I have. It is. It is a character I created yes. as a teenager. Uh, it, was uh, my 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 superhero persona as a teenager as a teenager as a very young teenager or maybe even before preteen uh, is named Crackshot. The uh, of course, but <laughs> the O is a zero. So if you type in at Crackshot with a zero instead of an O, you'll get me. S H zero T. Yes, I tr- I have tried to get Jordan D White to change it to Jordan D White. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody has Jordan D White on Twitter. Uh, they don't tweet. That's oh, always the case. Oh. It's always someone who they doesn't yeah. tweet. They yeah. just follow a bunch of random people and do nothing. And so yeah. I don't think they're even a real person, and it makes me cry. Yeah. And, but this is the thing. Everybody goes, oh, they're like squatting, and I'm like, oh, they're not, because there's no way to contact them. Yeah. It's not It's not like there's a thing on there where I, if, if, if they were, say, give me 20 bucks, or, as long as it wasn't some yeah. ridiculous amount of money, I'd probably give it to them, because <coughs> yeah. I wouldn't yeah. want it. But no, there's no way to even get in touch with them. So anyway, the yeah. crack shot with a zero is me. Um, I also... Uh, I do have a podcast uh, yes. called Cast in Wax, which you can find on iTunes, or you can go to, well, my website, 
it's easier to type in castingwax.com probably to get to it than it would be to type in wax-work.com, which is the real address. Because, um, again, uh, uh, I'm not that savvy when I get these things. <laughs> I've had them for a long time, but then once I have them, I don't ever want to change. And I'm yep. like, it's too late, but I wish I had done it better. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, my, my podcast is called Cast and Wax. It's not about comics at all. Um, it is a... I guess what could it possibly be about? It is, uh, it is uh, like comedic. Uh, it is. Uh, uh, it started uh, with. I, I said I used to do these radio serials on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. started with me wanting to replay those on a podcast, and then I would make new bits to go between them, like framing segments or uh, host segments, and then I made new stuff as well. Eventually, I ran out of those, and now we have. I have a bunch of friends who have are still making radio serials, so we play those, and then I'll still make segments as well. So uh-huh. it's me. And a couple of other co-hosts who, in real life, are actually just me doing voices. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> and so then I, so unfortunately, while I adore it, it takes a lot of work because I have to edit every time. Oh, yeah. I can't oh, do yeah. what you yeah. guys are doing here and just say, oh, we're just all going to record. Because I have yeah. to like go in and make everything fit. Oh, yeah. Um, but then each of the, the other characters I play have different segments. So it's me, um, a guy named Frank Allen, who, who's kind of like, oh, I, hello, my name's Frank Allen. And then my cat... Who is named Scape, and he's like, Hello, my name is Scape. I do a lot of stuff, and I'm famous now, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I used to have a British character named Rory Sinjin, um, but he recently uh, died. Of, he died of a heart attack, so he... <laughs> oh, Rory, it's terrible. <laughs> he did. It was really awful. I did a Christmas Carol episode where uh, he was visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, um, as played by the other hosts, because they took on that form just so he would... Mostly because I wanted to do that, um, and so they—they they like he was a real jerk, and they slowly change him into a better person. And at the end, he goes, uh, he's standing over his grave, and he's like, um, "Oh, you know, I'm, so, I'm, you know, I understand how it's going. It's, you know, I've become a better person, but I, I can't help but notice on my grave it says December, um, December twenty fourth, two thousand twelve, and he goes." Oh yeah, you, you die. You die now. So <laughs> he just, he just oh. dies of a heart attack. <laughs> that's that's it's pretty. Great, <laughs> that's a pretty clean ending, though. It's very Eric like Larson. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. I can yeah. do whatever I want on that podcast. Awesome. It's a lot of fun. I hope I hope people will be willing to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Party endorsement. That's wax hyphen work dot com dot com or just castingwax dot com. Casting wax. wax at uh, uh, on uh, iTunes. You can find they it. are live. Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, and now, before listeners, you get to our next episode. We have to tell you what we're reading next week. Oh my! That's right. <clears throat> we are. We'll be reading. This is also another one of those like confusingly titled. We're reading Justice League, uh, Volume One, Number One through Six, Justice League International, Number Seven. Yes. They changed the title. It's the first... Guys, here's what it is. It's the first issues of the J.M.D. Matisse, Keith Giffen, Kevin Maguire run yeah. on Justice League from 1987. Great Which comic. Is, Great, I think comic. Collected, Great comic. Is collected as Justice League, A New Beginning. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's or something, yeah. Yes. Um, which you can, get, you can get that on... Uh, I don't know if it's on Comixology. It might be. DC has a ton of their stuff on there, so check out there. It'll be in the show notes, so just don't listen to what I'm saying and go to our show notes. <laughs> You'll find links there. Go to Amazon and buy it there. We'll be joined by uh, Lorraine Sink, which is host of Marvel's The Watcher, oh, as yes. well as a uh, great New York City comedian, you're, Kirk D'Amato. You're making her read a DC book? Yes. Well, she picked it. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, it was her Never mind. Yeah. It's a terrific book, and I'm only teasing. Uh, I love that series. Yeah, yeah, it's great. A lot of fun. We had a lot of fun in the past. Last Wednesday, 
when we taped it. Oh. So now... Time War. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is what it feels <coughs> like. This is yeah. what it feels like. When you, this is... Days of Future Past. Uh, we have become Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah, I was pulling the. This curtain. podcast is a menace. Thankfully, <laughs> you liked what happened. Otherwise, you'd have to be. You'd be trying to change it. Yeah, yeah that, that would be right? a problem. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So if you're interested in checking out uh, Justice League: A New Beginning, um, you know, please visit mattandbrettlovecomics.com. Buy them through the Amazon store link there if you're able to. Uh, yes, and also while you're there, you need to check out our back issues, which is what we call episodes. Yep. <laughs> uh, and you can you can just check out cool episodes like Hallie Kiefer talking about Incredible Hulk by Peter David. Yep. Oh. Only six issues, not the whole ridiculous. <laughs> no, not the whole run. Uh, a few a few of my favorite issues from that run. Uh, you can also just hear... random key issues. No, 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 no. It's it's <laughs> okay, the uh, like it's train. like the Defenders arc okay. through uh, the Return of the Green Hulk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can also hear Kathy Salerno talking and, and Nicole Dressel talking about the Bilson Kevich Demon Bear Saga of New Mutants. Oh. Uh, we also did Justice. What's the Grant Morrison JLA one that, that we did? Oh, we did Jason Flowers. We did yeah. uh, Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All of our pa- all of our book book club episodes are evergreen, so go check them out. They stay fresh on the shelves forever. They do. We've been talking a lot about Dark Horse today. You can check out the episode oh, yeah. where we read The Goon. Yes. Uh, with um, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon writer Br- uh, Benjamin, Benjamin Apple. Apple. And now these people are mostly people who are not that familiar with comics, you said? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We like yeah. to take really new cool. readers and, and bring them in and say, like, so, how'd you feel? Is yeah. it fun? Do they do they usually like it? Or, or do you ever get people who are like, I didn't understand how to read it? Yes, that, that happens. Uh, yes. Uh, we had a friend of ours, very, very funny guy, Drew Johnston, yeah. was actually nervous reading Quantum and Woody because he wasn't entirely certain at first how to, yeah. you know, actually read a comic mm-hmm. page. And, and then he realized that, was it issue four or so, where there's like a, the first couple pages are a dream sequence, and it wasn't until we were recording the episode that he realized they were a dream sequence. Uh-huh. Yeah. So and he yeah. was like, oh, that makes a lot, that makes so much more sense! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, it's cool. Nice. It's cool to get these fresh perspectives yeah. on things, oh, because a lot of comic yeah. podcasts are like this, where we're just like hanging out and talking. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, because you guys are comic book readers, we love hearing from you. So please, tell us what you think about this episode, uh, or any of our past back issues on the website. <laughs> past uh, back issues? Past back issues. Yep. <laughs> you can also find all the links to our social media presence, where we can pester you all the time, under the Who Loves Comics tab on the website. So you can get in touch with us there, and it has new, better, huge pictures of us. Oh, yeah, because we're <laughs> arrogant. Our photos yeah. are enormous. Yeah, so we probably should talk about getting But we look great. Down. But we, we look, look great. great. We look great. The pictures are like desktop wallpaper. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever wanted to have a desktop wallpaper of me in a suit being wow. shocked by the events of Infinity Gauntlet number four... Uh, head on over there and save as. <laughs> While you're on the internet, please rate and review our show in iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Hugely. In ways we don't understand, but it does. Yeah. Uh, most importantly, you guys are our best spokesperson, so go tell all of your friends about this show, even the ones that don't read comics, because as our book club episodes prove, they prove something. They prove something. Anyone can read. You anyone. tell us. Yeah, anyone can anyone, read. Anyone can read. Yeah, yeah. They don't don't think don't think because those people don't read comics they don't know how to read. Yeah. Trust them. <laughs> guess guess that maybe they know how to put some words together. As always, thanks to our producer Ben Rahib, uh, who keeps the lights on in the background. Um, I'd also, of course, like to thank our guest, Mr. Jordan D. White, today. It's a pleasure to have been here. I had a lot yeah. of fun. Awesome. Yay. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We had a great time. I'm, I'd be. Happy to come back anytime. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So until next time, this is Matt. And this is Brett. And I don't know if you know this, 
but we love comics. And we're trapped here. Someone come save us. Why did I say that? <laughs> you why did it again? Why am I introducing a weird bit at the end of the podcast? <laughs>